live from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. You are locked and loaded on Live from America with Jeremy Harrell. I love you all and I thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. I love hearing your stories. America is far from dead. America is alive. America is here. Even the Democrats are waking up to the dead-end destructive policies of Joe Biden. The deepest level of worship is praising God through the pain. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a stand-up, God-fearing, God-loving thing to do. What a great thing. I love you guys. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Welcome to Live from America, everybody. God bless you, and thank you for joining in. In Phoenix, Arizona, where the America Project is actually right now filing their lawsuit, uh, first lawsuit of its kind against the federal government for dereliction of duty on behalf of the property owners along the border. We're going to listen in to the press conference as it begins. You've heard me say it many times last year, this administration has been lawless in the security of our, of our southern border. Not only are they ignoring the law, they're actually violating the law. We're here today to talk about landowners who have taken millions of dollars in losses across the southwest border. Fences torn up, replacing fences every day. Their homes broken into, cars stolen, cattle missing, finding dead bodies on their property every day. Well, they've had enough. Tappers represented them and filed a lawsuit suing this administration, and I'm proud to be a part of it. So the lawsuit that we filed today has two counts. It's a complaint for declaratory judgment and a writ of mandamus. What we have sued the Biden administration for is to one, secure our border, and two, screen the migrants. So the first part, count one, is a complaint for declaratory judgment. And what we're asking the court to do is to make a determination, a declaration, whether the Biden administration has to follow federal law. Then we're asking for a writ of mandamus. The writ of mandamus is a court order that compels a government official to discharge a duty that is owed by law. In other words, do your job. We are here on behalf of Arizona citizens and other legislators as well that we are here to say enough is enough. We need the federal government to step up. We need this administration to choose Arizonans, to choose American citizens over cartels and over non-citizens as well. And we will continue to stand with our citizens. We'll continue to stand with Arizonans until we see this made right. Thank you. What we do at the America Project is we take these cases, we take these uh, prevailing issues along our border seriously, and we, it is an honor for us to resource uh, to help uh, with these lawsuits. Uh, there are many of them. This one here in Arizona is just the beginning. What you're going to see is the faces of these lawsuits, which is the most important thing. These are American citizens like me, like you, native Arizonans like me, like you. There'll be native Texans, New Mexicans, and Californians who have the same social contract violated. This isn't just an Arizona problem, a Texas problem. Every state's a border state. Fentanyl's making it into every city, town, and state across this country. There isn't, I don't think it's hardly any American who does know somebody's been affected by fentanyl. Fentanyl's making it into every town, city, and state. Stone Cold fact. The terrorism issue is a big issue. If they arrested 115, how many haven't they arrested? 
Border Patrol has arrested people from 141 different countries. Many of these countries are sponsors of terrorism. If you don't think a single one of the one million Godaways didn't come from a country that sponsors terrorism, then you're not looking at the data. This is a serious issue with this country. Over 1,400 migrants have died on U.S. soil since Joe Biden became president, a record by far. Don't tell me his policies are more humane than President Trump's. Amen. Big shout out to Ben Berkwam. Big shout out to former ICE director Tom Homan. Big shout out to the America Project. And big shout out to all of the citizens of Arizona who are farm owners, landowners there on the border, who if anybody, and I mean anybody, has standing in this case, it is we the people. And this is the first time that we're really seeing we the people and organizations who have the resources that are, that are helping fund it bring the lawsuits against Biden for the dereliction of duty on the southern border. Now, this should have happened a long time ago, but it's nice that it is finally nice to see the people of Arizona, followed by the people of Texas, followed by the people of New Mexico, followed by the people of California, saying, you know what? If our elected officials are not going to do this, if our, you know, governors or our uh, law enforcement or our AGs aren't going to do anything about this, then we're going to do something about it. Because if anybody has standing, it is we the people of the United States of America. So I'd like to, uh, a big shout out to Tom Holman, big shout out to Ben Berkwam, uh, big shout out to everybody who's doing whatever they can. Look, we're doing whatever we can every day. Every day. <clears throat> Patriots like Ben, Patriots like Alex Jones even. I mean, I'm not saying even like he's like he's nobody. I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm going across the spectrum of people that are actually putting all on the line to do something every day, to do something so that we're on offense every day because you know as well as I do ladies and gentlemen in this world today politically socially culturally if we're not on offense we're on defense and that's just the lay of the land in 2022 folks you're locked and loaded right here on LFA TV thank you very much for joining in tonight this is live from America and I am your ever so humbled God-fearing God-loving host of the show Jeremy Harrell the hip-hop patriot broadcasting as always from the live free or die granite state of New Hampshire. And it is an honor to do this job for you every day, uh, every night, Monday through Friday. Thank you so very much. As you can see, I'm wearing my One Nation Under the Armor of God t-shirt and my Big Bang MAGA hat because it is pedal to the metal, baby. And like I said, if you're not on offense, then you are by default on defense. Ben will be joining us tonight to talk a little bit about this and about more of what's going on. He has now made his way back to Texas already. He's all over, ladies and gentlemen. He is all over from election integrity stuff to the border to many other issues that are going on in this country. You can count on Ben Burke when being there. So he will be joining us tonight at some point whenever he's done uh, the war room with Bannon. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd also like to say happy birthday, if I can, to Vicki Vale. We, uh, we said happy birthday to Amanda earlier, and now it is time for all of us, this LFA family, as you're sharing this video out to the masses, let's sing happy birthday to Vicky. Here we go. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Vicky. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Vicky Vale. God bless you. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful birthday. Everybody, 
everybody deserves to have birthday, their happy birthday sung to them on their birthday. Who agrees? Who agrees? Let's bring up that Rumble chat real quick, and then we'll get to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. As always, if you're new to the show, we start out every show right after our uh, cold open, uh, going to the Lord and praying for the show, praying for the people watching the show, praying for our nation, doing the Lord's Prayer. It's wonderful, and what better way to start out anything than by giving it to the Lord, huh? Look at all the people. Look at that. Oh, thank you. God bless you, says Vicky. Well, God bless you too, girl. Happy birthday, and we love you so very much. Stop, uh, just stopping in to say hello, cannot chat, says Osborne. Well, thank you very much for stopping in to say hello. We love you. Jeremy, I love the Christmas background. Thank you. We'll have that up tomorrow morning again as well. The Christmas background, if you did not see it on the morning show, was truly amazing. That's great, Jeremy. We love you, bud. Thank you too, man. Love you. I love you so very much. Happy birthday to Vicky. Everybody's saying, look at all that love, Vicky. Look at all that love. I agree. A song from Jeremy Harrell is a special treat. Well, thank you. My voice is a little bit... Uh, it's taking it a little bit hard uh, lately, but uh, that just means that we're been, we've been fighting, right? All right. Again, if you're just joining in for the first time, thank you. I'm going to ask you to subscribe. I'm going to ask you to click the Locals button up on the top of the page and go and follow me on Locals as well. And then I'm going to ask you to rumble this video. Somebody said they got their shirts today. That's awesome. I always love it when people get their stuff that they order here on JeremyHerald.com. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, do not for- forget, this is your opportunity to share. Telegram. Facebook, Getter, Gab, wherever you can share the link of this video, I would appreciate it because the more the merrier. November 30th, year of our Lord, 2022. The combination of my image and my spirit in you is very powerful. Sometimes I think I read these so fast that we don't really catch what I'm saying. I'll read that again. The combination of my image and my spirit in you is very powerful, making you fit for greatness When you are engaged in combat, keep looking to me for strength and guidance. Abandon yourself to the challenges I have chosen for you. Then you will find your days increasingly devoted to sacred adventures shared with me, your king. From Romans 8.11, it says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And from Ephesians 6.13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, after you have done everything to stand, Ephesians 6.13. And before you turn out the light tonight, view yourself as a chosen warrior with your mind and armor prepared for battle together we will handle any difficulties that come have we not done that have we not handled every difficulty that's come our way uh since prior to november 3rd 2020 here on live from america of course we have why because many hands make like work and when we've got all we've got all of each other to fall back on nothing could stop us please remove your hats if you are wearing one and let's go to the lord in prayer from your lips to his ears the lfa family sings praise Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we say, amen.
Amen. You know, the, the good thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is that chat, um, it used to go so fast that we couldn't read it. Well, now, if you put your cursor on that chat, you can drag it back, and you can read anything you'd like, and you can respond to anybody that you'd like. So it's truly uh, great to watch Rumble progress um, so that we can actually have a conversation back and forth and not miss what each other says, okay? All right, we are going to get into our first and foremost section, but until December 7th, every single day, until December 7th, uh, the first and foremost section will be brought to you by our friend here in the live chat section, Tim Gustafson, who uh, works with Insurity Financial Services. You have until December 7th, everybody, to choose your Medicare plan. Um, I know that there are savings already in the LFA family. Some people said $5,500 a year. So why not in this Biden economy, get a little bit of a cushion there, find a better plan with Tim helping you and get more for your plan. You're basically getting uh, all you can for the dollars that you're putting in. And Tim will help you guide, help guide you to that plan. So go to insuritifinancialservices.com slash Medicare. Get a hold of Tim. He's a great guy. He'll help you out. He'll set you up with the right plan. He'll save you some money. And uh, you couple that with the raise that you're going to get from Social Security here in January. It might just do the trick and help keep you afloat. All right, folks, lift up your cups. First and foremost, here we go. Amber Wolf said she really likes praying together. And I agree. I very much enjoy praying together every single day. All right, right here, here we go. First and foremost, the House of Representatives has passed their bill or their version of their bill to, a, uh, to avert a railroad union strike. Now, remember, we've been talking about this for months. And every time something makes the news, every time there's another you know, amendment to the negotiation deals going back and forth with the railroad unions staying afloat and their workers and all of that, we've been there to cover it. Now, what the, rail union, what the uh, union workers are asking for is obviously a raise, but they're asking for paid time, uh, more, uh, seven more days of paid time le- uh, leave and, and other things. So in this bill that the House of Representatives has passed is seven days uh, the, at least the seven days that they want paid uh, leave time, plus the raises as well. Now, my dad is uh, an employee of the railroad, and we talked about this last night. And um, he said that they're close, but the Biden administration is the problem here because what you've got is the Biden administration causing supply chain issues. You've got the Biden administration fostering a culture of people who don't want to work, so there's not enough people to do the jobs. You've got the Biden administration bringing in illegals to do the jobs for a lot less. And you've got all these people that are not being paid adequate and you don't have enough people to do the jobs as, 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 as anyways. So you're causing people to work longer hours in an economy where they've got to pay more because of said Biden administration. So from the top down, this is a domino effect of failure. That's all of this. Is. That's all this is. It's a domino effect of failure. So you've got the people that caused the problem trying to broker a deal between the people that are suffering because of the problem. And of course, they fail at that. So they ask Congress to step in because no deal could be done. Can you imagine how fast that deal would have been done had the rightful 45th president, 46th president, and soon to be 47th president been there? That deal would have been done in five hours. It would have been over with, done, move on to the next problem. Problem is we have... Um, We have an illegitimate regime who's using basically a walking corpse as their front man and nobody can get anything done. So the House passes the bill. Here's the problem. That bill is going to go to the Senate and this specific issue is going to take 
all 100 senators, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. They need all 100 senators to sign off on this in order to pass uh, send this to Joe Biden. That's not going to happen. And even if it does happen, the Senate is going to take out the seven days of paid leave. Now, here's what I think is crazy about all of this. Okay, And by the way, the deadline for the strike is next Friday. Here's the crazy thing about all of this, other than the fact that the Biden administration caused this mess to begin with. Here we are, our railroad workers are, want, are suffering and they're needing more to live. And our government, who couldn't broker a deal, decided to get involved in the private sector because the railroad is really, it's really muggy, uh, muddy there when it comes to private sector stuff with railroad because the railroad is literally, the government has been invested in the railroad since the very beginning of time. And it literally is a national security issue if the railroads were to stop. However... It's still not owned by the feds. So you've got them sticking their nose in, and now they're going to stick their nose in, but they're not going to give the seven days paid leave that the railroad workers are asking for, but yet they're going to funnel billions of dollars to Ukraine. So all in the end, which is it, this, this is a whole convoluted mess to begin with, but in the end, we could avert all of this Since the government decided to stick their nose in, they have an opportunity here to make it all go away and make all these workers happy and everybody goes forward with their jobs. And they're going to bicker and fight now after they decided to stick their nose in, which I don't think they should have, but over seven days paid leave. But yet they have no problem signing off on another $10 billion to Ukraine tomorrow. You see how sick all of this is, folks? You see how sick it all is? The government should have never had to intervene to begin with. Congress should have never had to intervene to begin with, a deal should have been struck and a deal should have been done. And if you had a real leader like President Trump, a deal would have been done. Oh, unbelievable what's happening in this country. And, and it's really because of just failed, poor leadership. Now, speaking of failed, poor leadership, we're going to move on because in the House of Representatives, the swamp donkey Democrats have now elected their new leader, which is none other than election denier Hakeem Jeffries. We called this weeks ago. We knew they were going to put Hakeem Jeffries as their leader. But did you know he's an election denier? Of course he is. Most of these Democrats are election deniers. Okay? Why are you not covering the Died Suddenly documentary? Sorry, I'm just reading the comments here. I cover people dying suddenly all the time. And we did give props to Stu Peters for his Died Suddenly documentary. Would you like me to play the whole thing? Because I'm pretty sure everybody here has seen it. It's not like I'm not trying to cover it. I've been covering died suddenly since everybody's been dying suddenly. So, I mean, I don't know what your, your question is there. But big shout out to Stu Peters. That's an, it's an amazing, an amazing a documentary that he, that he put out. He always puts out great documentaries. Always. But anyway, moving on. Uh, the House Democrats have elected Hakeem Jeffries as their new leader. Jeffries, 52 years old, definitely is an election denier. And is repeatedly repeatedly called Donald Trump an illegitimate president. Radical Marxist uh, Representative Catherine Clark from Massachusetts was elected minority whip, and Representative Aguilar from California was elected Democrat caucus chair. House Democrats elected their new leadership uh, team today, ushering in a younger generation of leaders, way more progressive, way more Marxist, way more communist than Speaker Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, I can guarantee you that. Quote, this is a moment of transition, 
says election denier Jeffries, as he told a small group of reporters in the Capitol yesterday, last night. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Who? What giants do you stand on the shoulders of? But we are also looking forward to be able to do what's necessary at this moment to advance the issues, says Hakeem Jeffries, an election denier. Uh, Republicans who question election irregularities and report on voter fraud are insurrectionists. But Democrats who say that Donald Trump is still not a legitimate president, he's a leader. He's a leader. I think we have a video here, don't we, of of, uh, election denier Hakeem Jeffries talking about Trump, how he was artificially made by, by Russia. Let's play this video. I know we had it. Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They were successful. Well, there you go. And they were not successful, sir. With all due respect, you've not been able to ever in any court of law, in any hearing, anywhere, prove that point. So you are an election denier and you are worse than Nancy Pelosi. Thank God we had a red wave and won the House. And I'll say that time and time and time again. All right. The whole election denier conversation is because of the 2020 election that we know they stole. They stole using mail-in ballots and machines. Now, I will argue that without stealing it through the mail-in ballots, they would not have won. But without using the machines, they still would have won because the mail-in ballots is where the election was stolen. That is where it truly is stolen. So we haven't been playing the ballot game. And we're saying that in 2024, as long as the ballot game out there is legal and we're going to play it the way they're going to play it, then we're going to play it. Here's the problem. Most people didn't know how they were playing it. Okay, It's easy to say they're using mail-in ballots to steal elections. But how? Okay, we need to make sure that we were studying exactly how they're doing this in every facet from the drop boxes to the shipping them to fake addresses, X, Y and Z. How are they doing it? We need to know every which way that they are that they are stealing elections legally through the ballots, through the through the mail in. Okay, this was definitely the first time that we are at least aware of that. The ballots actually count more than the actual votes. Now, I'm sure that's been happening for decades. But ladies and gentlemen, finally, this is the most important part of this show. Are you ready? Everybody that you know is going to want to listen to this part of this show. I'm going to give you a scenario, and then we're going to break down exactly how they stole the election in Arizona, at least as far as the mail-in ballots are concerned. Keep in mind, the difference between Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs, at least even after they stole it, is just within, what, like 20,000? And Abe Hamaday, he's within like 600 votes, 500 and some odd. Remember that as I give you this scenario and then explain to you exactly how they did it. These guys, crafty, crafty people, okay? A policeman pulls over a speeder. The police computer, fortunately, picks up that three hours ago, a similar vehicle and person held up a liquor store. So the police are on alert. No database latency. Now let's move on to how this exactly works with the mail-in ballots. County election managers. Remember when those 30,000 ballots went out? Remember when those 24,000 ballots went out? Check this out. 
County election managers change the zip code of, say, 31,000 ballots. Change the zip code of 31,000 ballots or basically 31,000 voters. Okay? They do this on September 3rd. The ballots go out that week. This is very important. Please pay attention. I'll, I'll repeat this. County election managers changed the zip code on 31,000 ballots or votes, potential votes. And they did this on September 3rd. The ballots went out that week. Those 31,000 ballots are undeliverable because they do not match zip code with address. So someone collects those invalid ballots on September 15th. Those addresses are quietly changed back by putting the proper zip code on them. National Change of Address Database, or NCOA, excuse me, will not pick up those address changes. They didn't happen because there is no history. Many of these states send ballots to everyone. The recipient is none the wiser that they never received the mail-in ballot. They, they may vote in person. Oops, you've already voted. You've heard that, right? So check this out. This is called database latency, okay? The bad guy pals know they can change voter rolls and take an action that changes them back. And who would know? A thousand voters are changed from inactive, voted, and then changed back. How would you ever even know, especially within that time frame? With lots of complex footwork, you could eventually tell from their voter history file, but it's months after the election. So, how you go, so what are you going to do about it? How do you reverse the election? The new and the current ballot gathering strategy mandated by the almost universal mail-in ballots adds pretty cool database games. Database latency, as you likely gathered, is when the database record lags current reality. We all experience that in our, elect- our electronic-driven society today. The ballot gathering scammers know about the latency, and that is their ground game. To Republicans, election engineering is civics. To Democrats, it's business. And guess what? They're amazing at it. So these people are breaking the law without breaking the law. And, beca- and, what I, and why I say that is because each state has different laws, They're exploiting each state by their laws, and they're working just up to the line. I would say it's definitely illegal, but I think legally they would say it's unethical. And that's how they're stealing these votes. They're sending them out with the wrong zip codes by the tens of thousands, and when they're undeliverable, somebody collects them, and then they change those tens of thousands of ballots, zip codes, back. And they add 31,000. And, and, and how, how, nobody, how, nobody, how nobody actually, A, catches this, and B, does anything about it, blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. I want to bring up the, uh, the Rumble chat and see what you guys are think, saying uh, about this specific topic here. Let's see. How do, we, how do we, the people, stop this corruption, says Liberty Girl. I guess there's a, everybody would tell you a different way. You know what I mean? It depends on, you know, I, I guess what perspective you're looking at. You know what I mean? Uh, Eagle Ready says, I'm late. How you doing, Eagle Lady? Pennsylvania, join your local free PA. 
Definitely join your local groups. Um, Barb, Jeremy, all of us here in the chat have talked COVID death. We all know it's awful. We know it was done on purpose. We know people are dying every day from the vax. We have all shared. Okay, thanks, Barb. Appreciate it. Mail-in ballot. Hold on. I want to pull that back there. Mail-in ballots, drop boxes are illegal. Why are they allowed in any state zip code stuff too? Exactly. We have to harvest ballots also, says Miguel. They're never going to stop with the mail-in ballots, says Joey Poop Pants. Time to rise up. Time to rise up, says Sean Maga. Amen. I agree. I agree. And rise up, we will do. We've got two years and we've got a lot of strategies to put in place. Maryland says, wow, the level of evil is mind-blowing. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining in on the Rumble Chat. I really do like to see what you guys think about the topics that we talk about. And uh, going into next year, if you go to LFATV.us right now, you can see all of our shows and you can listen to all the podcasts. But going into next year sometime, you're going to be able to go there and get all the links to all of the stories, or at least maybe two or three links to the same story from different people's perspectives, you know, whether it be from Revolver or Gateway or whatever. Uh, That way you have access to some of these stories. Sometimes we'll give you stories that there are no links for because we're not reporters actually writing stories, but yet we get some word on something, you know. So we'll do our best to make sure you guys have links on LFATV.us next year so you can actually take those links and then argue your points with friends, family, coworkers, or whatever because you do need to back it up with some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, of link to a story for sure, I think. Uh, 909 Rumbles, LFA family. Be sure to rumble this broadcast. And, and um, that was from JL Jazz. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Look, we are on TV. Hi, everyone, says Melly. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do, let's go to our sponsor, covidtaxrelief.org. Covidtaxrelief.org. Um, so many of you. And even um, Patriot Donnie took a picture of his checks when he got them back. And he got, he got 26000 So big shout out to Patriot Donnie. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've not taken advantage of this yet, please do so. The money is there. The money is for you. If you don't claim it, it's probably just going to go to some blue city or some blue governor or, or Ukraine. Who knows? The money's been passed. And if you can prove that you had a business that was affected by COVID, if you stayed open and paid your W-2 employees, if you were locked down, if you were shut down and you were told that you were um, non-essential, but you had W-2 employees at that time, if you were a 501c3 or a church and any of this way and anything affected you during COVID, go to covidtaxrelief.org. You get up to $26,000 for every W-2 employee that your business or your friend's business had. And it's quick, it's painless, it takes a little time, but it's there for you and it's solid and it's legit. Go to covidtaxrelief.org or tell your friends about it who are also in this position, okay? As soon as Ben comes on, We'll bring him on. We don't have him yet. Let me, let me see what he's talking about here. Got to make sure we're uh, still waiting for him to come to me, said Ben. Okay. So we may not be able to get Ben on, but it's okay because we've got a lot of stuff to go through. And if we can get him, we can get him. Everybody, please pray for Ben and uh, Steve, Steve Bannon as well. All right, we're going to move on. Again today, the, do you guys remember? I mean, how can you forget, right? Does everybody here remember when Donald Trump was debating, I guess you can call it debating, Joe Biden. And he said, oh, did you hear that, Pennsylvania? Did you hear that, Texas? Did you hear that, Ohio? When they were talking about shutting drilling down. And then Biden had to quickly cover and say, no, 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 that's not what I said. That's not what I said. This is going to be a transition that takes, you know, 30 years. 
It was never meant to take 30 years. This was all supposed to be done by 2030, folks. All of this transition from oil to electric um, energy plants and, and, and natural gas and all of this, or not natural gas, but uh, uh, solar and wind, all of this was supposed to be basically underway and, and, and at least on the pathway to being done by 2030. The problem with their plans was Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the problem with their plan. And that is why Republicans and Democrats alike do not like Donald Trump because he throws a wrench into their plans. And this was a big one, energy. And Biden said, we're going to do it. And then Trump said, well, did you hear that? He's going to shut it down. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. And the White House will continually stick up for Biden every time he says it. But we got another one, folks. We've got another video here where the Biden administration, actually Biden's energy advisor, Amos Hochstein, or Hochstein, actually said it and admitted it again today. We are going to end drilling. And I love, I love the way that he was pressed by the CNBC reporter on this. Check this out, folks. It's pretty, pretty telling where they're going and how fast they want to go with this. It was 10 days ago the president again said, President Biden, maybe you, you, you try to talk him out of it. I don't know. I don't know what you do when he says it. But when he says we're going to end drilling uh, domestically, that causes the major oil producers to not want to invest long term. It, it, how can you give me you say we like them, we want them to produce. Give me a number on, on how long do you want them to do it for five more years, for 10 more years. How long will we need these major oil producers to keep drilling? What, what does he mean? We're going to end drilling when? Well, eventually we are. We're going to be phasing out uh, the use what of oil. Eventually? That's just, so What's eventually. Look, because you're not you, going to want to invest any money in, in doing this if it's two or three years from now exactly. or even five years. Almost. Straight answer. So I don't think we're talking about two, three years. We're talking about longer than that. And as you know well, the production in the United States, onshore production in the United States is short cycle, relatively short cycle production. There can be investments and recovery of those investments happens at a much uh, shorter cycle than offshore so, folks, here's what I want you to understand here, because everybody thinks we're absolutely crazy when they say uh, gas is going to be gone soon. Nobody will be using oil, gas, natural gas, fracking, none of that. People go, are you out of your mind? They're not going to be able to do that. They're going to do it at all costs. It doesn't matter if they're going to be able to do it. They will do it. They will do it, and they don't care who it hurts or what it does. This is their plan, and, it, and by all means... They're going to get it done. So what I'm telling you folks is all of these electronic, um, electronic energy plants, all of these uh, green energy deals and all these green energy plants, all of them are going to be funded by government money, government grants, government funding. So if they're all going to be funded by the government, who's going to own them? You think that they're going to let the private sector own the energy in this country once they make that transition? Why do you think that every single one of these plans has government funding into it so they can control it? This is not only a this is not only a strategic move to get us from oil and gas to green energy, but it's also a strategic plan to take the energy from the private sector and federalize it so they own it. How many times have I said control the energy Control the food, control the people. Now, I know that the government has its power and has its um, 
responsibility when it comes to you know, natural, uh, national security and making sure that our energy grid works and our supply chain works. But at the moment, the, the, the oil and gas industry is a private industry. And once they move us from oil and gas, it's no longer going to be a private industry. It's going to be a government-controlled and government-run and government-funded industry off your taxes. And then who controls it? They do. Control the energy, control the food, control the people. We say it time and time again. And the only way out of this is continuing with Big Bang MAGA. That is the only way out of this. What do you mean, Big Bang MAGA, Jeremy? School boards, county clerks, DAs, sheriffs, more. County uh, commissioners, more. State representatives, more. State senators, more. Governors, more, more, more. I told you, your days of living in a carefree America are over. They're done. You can be carefree, but you're going to be swept up in the communism. Or you can stand up for your freedom and you have a crappy rest. Of the, basically, I wouldn't call it crappy, but I would, it's, it's a never-ending fight. It's a never-ending battle for your kids and your grandkids. God picked you for now. He didn't pick you to put your feet up at the recliner. He picked you to fight. That's what we're here to do. Unfortunately, it is what it is. And yes, this can all be reversed when Biden is out. I saw the question. Of course it can. Trump could reverse all of this in no time at all. That's the plan. That is our two-year plan. How we get there, how we maneuver, what we've got to do on the way there, that's a whole other story. But this is your time. Meanwhile, back at the nut farm, Joe Biden and all of his illegitimacy is literally saying that he has done more than any president in history with this little time. This is what he thinks. And you want to know something? I think he believes what he's saying. I think when he wakes up every morning, they say, hello, Mr. President, are you ready to be powerful today? Uh, here, just give us your arm. <laughs> Stick that in you. Oh, he wakes right up. You're the best president in the world. Do you know that your approval ratings is higher than it's ever been? It's higher than anybody's has ever been. It's 99%. The country loves you. You've brought the country together. Look at all the bills we passed that we named something very nice so that we said we passed this bill, which is the Unicorns Rainbow Bill. We passed this bill, which is the Lucky Charms, uh, you know what I mean, Super Superhero Bill. And you passed them all, sir. You're so amazing. And he gets up there and he, oh, oh, we are so great. He probably feels like the most powerful president that's ever walked the face of the earth. Meanwhile, he's nothing but a gutless coward and a turd. He probably really does believe everything that they tell him. Listen to what he says here. This is incredible. Well, I tell you what, no one's ever done as much as president as this administration is doing. Whoa! Whoa! No one's ever done as much president as this administration right here. You want to say that again? Hard to believe that the guy who can't even put a sentence together has done more than any person in his administration never been right here. Let's hear that again. Let's hear that again. Well, I tell you what, no one's ever done as much as president as this administration has done. No one ever done as much as president as this administration right here. Yeah. You got 81 million votes too, poopy. You got 81 million votes as well, right? No one's ever done as much as I believe in this President Trump right here. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, he probably does believe that he is the single greatest president 
that has ever, ever graced this country with his president, with his presence. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know what we should do? I think we should give Joe Biden the dumb, dumb award of the day. How about that? I don't think he's actually got it for a while. And this is, we literally named this after him. Let's go ahead and give him the dumb, dumb award of the day. Come on, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it, Joe. Hold on, hold on. We got we to gotta play this. Uh, we got to give it the. There it is. There it is. Dumb, dumb award of the day. Seriously. We've done more than any other president in history. More than George Washington, more than Abraham Lincoln, more than John Adams, more than, uh, more than Teddy Roosevelt, more than uh, you know, John F. Kennedy, more than Ronald Reagan, definitely more than Trump. <laughs> oh, anyway, we got to move on. About two months ago, Elon Musk was putting the finishing touches on buying Twitter. It wasn't going to be long before the ink was signed and dried and Elon Musk would own Twitter. If any of you were watching me back then, you must remember when I said, you're about to get the Trump treatment. Remember when I said that? I said, if Elon Musk buys Twitter and he does even remotely a little of what he's promising to do, the left is going to come down on him so hard he's going to understand exactly what President Trump has gone through, what we've all gone through, and it will hopefully open up the eyes of millions of people who follow him. Does everybody remember when I said that? And now look what's happening. Look what's happening to Twitter. Look what's happening to Elon Musk. Well, I can tell you what's happening to Twitter. They're getting record signups every day. Why? Not just because people know that there's going to be some freedom of speech there, because he's walking the walk after he talked the talk, Ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk is now admitting that Twitter 100% interfered in our national elections and he agrees that the public trust must be restored and he's going to release piece by piece, almost like a Project Veritas, how Twitter interfered in our elections and stole the election for Joe Biden. And he also is promising to release everything that they have on what they did at Twitter to suppress the known Hunter Biden laptop that connects Joe Biden, that connects the entire Biden family, and I would argue connects Barack Hussein Obama to all of it. And let's get into this story now with Elon Musk saying that they did interfere with the elections and he is going to, no matter what, release this information. Why do you think the White House is saying that they're keeping a close eye on him? Hmm? Again, I'm not an Elon Musk fan. I'm not a Twitter fan. But when this is going down, this is a story that we cannot ignore because they just lost their largest propaganda uh, weapon that they had against everybody. And I'm going to tell you another thing too. 60,000 plus um, accounts are about to be restored. And when those 60,000 accounts are restored and... Elon Musk releases all this information, they're not going to be able to stop the flow of information that gets out to the people that Twitter was using to suppress. And you guys have no idea how big this is. How big is this? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay? Elon commented on a thread by user Eva Fox on the latest leftist attack on Twitter for allowing all voices to be heard in the public square. He said, she said, Twitter has shown itself to be 
uh, not safe for the past 10 years and has lost users' trust. The past team of trust and safety, in quotes, is a disgrace. So it doesn't have any right to judge what is being done now. They had a chance, but they sold their souls to the corporation. Elon responded exactly. The obvious reality as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in our elections. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent, and even handed. And he goes on to say, this is, um, so this other guy re, uh, responded and saying, raise your hand if you think Elon Musk should make public all of the internal discussions about the decision to censor, censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop before the 2020 election in the interest of transparency and to show how the election was stolen. And Elon Musk says, this is necessary to restore public trust. So can you imagine the terabytes of information that Elon Musk now owns since acquiring Twitter? And here's the thing. Since the government was not able to step in and stop it, now they're going to do anything they can to label Elon Musk a risk to national security. And when he does that, will the naysayers then believe that he's doing what he's promised to do? I believe it. I believe it. Do you want to know why? Not only because of what our government is doing and what Apple is threatening to do to him and what Google is threatening to do to him, but I believe it because of what the European Union just threatened him. The European Union, the EU, which is a conglomerate amount of countries, this big, huge union has now threatened Elon Musk that they will ban Twitter in the European Union countries if demands are not met over banned accounts, content moderation, targeted advertising, and a full audit. The threat came during a video conference between Elon Musk and the EU commissioners. And here is a screenshot of that. There it is right there. And down here is the two other people. This is a screenshot of that meeting. European Union commissioners for the internal market theory, Breton, posted a brief video clip to their Twitter account and posted a readout to Twitter rival Mastodon about the video conference call with Musk reiterating the EU's demands. So now the European Union is demanding that he run his company the way they want it ran. This is the same thing they did with Jack Dorsey. This is the same thing they did with the former owners and the board. And they strong-armed them into becoming a basically a weapon of the government. And not just the United States government, the world government. That is how big this is. And unbanning President Donald J. Trump on Twitter is causing the world, literal countries, to demand Elon Musk cave to their demands or else they're going to ban Twitter. How big do you think this is getting? Or better yet, how much information do you think he has for them to be having emergency meetings like this, but not emergency meetings over border invasions and China and the protesters being killed and welded into their buildings, into their homes in China? Nobody cares about that. But what we care about is Elon Musk and who he allows on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
Okay. <laughs> Never thought I'd say I might go go sign up for Twitter. I'm not saying I will, but it's it's making me look at it and go, you know those pictures of when a guy's walking with his girl and he looks back like this and he sees Twitter? <laughs> I just want to go and watch the fun. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is a big developing story. And uh, do not be surprised. I know Trump loves truth social. I get it. But do not be surprised if out of nowhere at 2 o'clock in the morning, you get a mean tweet out of nowhere from Donald Trump's account and watch the heads explode. And it really, really does make me think that Donald Trump and Elon Musk, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, I guarantee you that uh, this, I I I should say this, Elon Musk better put out a video that's saying he's not suicidal. I'll tell you that. He better put out a video that says I'm not suicidal and sends it directly to the Clintons (laughs) and the Obamas. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, how many of you have ordered an EnviroCleanse and how many of you are using it? Okay, that's what I want to know. I love promoting our sponsors, but there's no better promotion than word of mouth. I can sit here and tell you how great a product is until the cows come home. I can sit here and tell you how great a product is until Democrats stop stealing elections. But it's the people that count. So I would really like you, if you are in the chat thread right now, in the the Rumble chat, please let everybody know if you have purchased an EnviroCleanse unit and how long you've been using it, and if you can, what differences that you are noticing in your home. Because like I said, I can tell you what it does for me, but nothing new is happening. So I want to hear from you, the people. And if you guys see this chat and you're looking at all these people here today and you believe what they're saying and you want to go order one yourself because you might have asthma, you might have problems breathing, you might have COPD, you might have um, a a slew of other issues that cause you um, trouble with breathing, order one of these today. You can pay payments on it. Go to EnviroCleanse.com. Use the promo code LFA. Okay. Get yourself a discount, but also... um, Make sure you can set up yourself for payments as well because everybody will tell you, I've not had one person tell me it doesn't work in one way, shape, or form. So if you could pay, you know, five, $600 to get something like this to help you breathe better, I suggest doing it. EnviroCleanse.com, ladies and gentlemen. Again, all of the links are in the description of this video. You don't have to go searching for it. Just click the links, okay? All right, moving on. Uh, I just want to stay with Twitter really quick here because... We now have a former Twitter safety director. So these safety directors were the ones that were, you know, basically involved with banning President Trump. A former Twitter safety director is now coming out and saying that banning the laptop story, the Hunter Biden laptop story was a huge mistake. He said, we didn't know what to believe. He says, uh, this two years later, he says, we didn't know what to believe. Let's get into this. Former head of Twitter safety uh, enforcement admitted this week that it was a huge mistake for the social media giant to censor an explosive story involving Joe Biden and his family just weeks before the 2020 election. Yoel Roth, the former Twitter head of trust and safety, who resigned following Elon Musk's takeover of the company, spoke to journalist Kara Swisher this week about his time at the company, including the chaotic week of October, uh, in October of 2020, when Twitter moved to broadly censor the sharing of the New York Post story. We didn't know what to believe. We didn't know what was true and what wasn't true. And we were being told a lot of different things. And there was a lot of smoke. Do you think that that was by design? 
Do you think, ladies and gentlemen, that the people that were in charge of all these Twitter folks said, do this, because, and then gave them like access to a bunch of, of fake smoke just so they could go, I, well, these guys must be right. I work for them. They're running the large, one of the largest social media giants in the world. They must be right. I got to do my job. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, these corrupt politicians know exactly how to muddy the waters. Why do you think we call it the swamp? They muddy the waters of real stories by pumping out fake stories, making you think that they came from conservatives just so they can say, who knows which, which one to believe. And then they hide the real story. Signal, not noise. You hear Bannon to, uh, talking about it all the time, folks. You hear him talking about it all the time. I think I got another text from Ben here. Still on. We'll try to jump on in the last couple minutes. Okay, Ben. No worries, buddy. No worries. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You've got the former... Twitter safety director saying there's no way we should have banned that, but we didn't know. You didn't know because you weren't told the truth and you didn't dig and you should have dug. You should have dug. If you're going to have that, I don't care who's your boss. If you're going to take a role in something, you better darn well be, be uh, willing to jump on a sword for what's right. Like that guy who uh, voted uh, yes to, decertify, or to certify in Mojave uh, County. I understand why he did it. But going forward, we need people that are willing to say, you know what, put me in jail. I'm going to stand my ground. Somebody just made a good point. Jay Van Brown said, will Elon stand his ground? That's a very good question. Will Elon stand his ground? Ladies and gentlemen, we do appreciate any rumble rants that come in. We have, uh, we've done well this year with uh, sending out Slurp Fund, and we count on the rumble rants for that. But we also count on these rumble rants every day for anybody that can uh, help out maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, because this does keep producer Eli employed. So just remember that as, we, uh, as you guys are in the rumble chat, okay? Here's a crazy report that I want to touch on here, folks. What happened to religion during COVID? What happened to religion during COVID? This is a crazy report, and I read this, and I'm like, wow, I got to talk. I got to tell these people about what's going on here. All right? Check it out. Nearly a quarter of the countries on, on planet Earth forcefully stopped religious gatherings during COVID. Religious groups defied COVID public rules in 35% of the countries and territories in the study. Nearly a quarter of the countries around the world used physical force to stop religious gatherings in 2020 during COVID pandemic. They did it, remember when they were doing it in Canada, really bad, remember that? Remember that? The study published Tuesday by the Pew Research Center also found religious groups in more than a third of those countries defied the lockdowns. Authorities used physical means, including arrests, and prison sentences to enforce COVID-related mitigation measures in 23% of the 198 countries and territories in this study. In the United States, police in New Jersey arrested 15 people at a rabbi's funeral that violated the state's ban on public gatherings, according to the report. The arrests were made after some mourners reportedly became unruly and argumentative when the police tried to disperse the crowd. Religious groups... In 37% of the surveyed countries faced various outside attempts to deter them from meeting during COVID outbreaks in 2020. Now, why am I, t- why am I singling out the story to tell you? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because when I was getting my hair cut, yes, in a barber shop, I still go to barber shops, ladies and gentlemen. When I was getting my hair cut in my barber shop, my barber is a very active member of his church, too. And we talk about our churches all the time when we're getting our haircut. We talk about God. We talk about Jesus. Okay. 
He said that in their church, they are literally having a meeting among the elders on whether to, whether um, to or to not continue broadcasting the church services on Facebook and on social media. And I asked him why they were doing that. And he said, because the problem since COVID is not only did it deter so many people from even coming to church, but there was lock his churches in Vermont. He said, we were locked down. But then when we came back, so many people didn't want to come back because of, you know, fear of getting sick and the masks and this, that, and the other mask mandates, whatever. And he goes, now we're seeing about half of our congregation than we normally had because they're just watching it on TV and they're not going to the service. That is bad. But this was by design. And why do you think that this gay marriage act is about ready to go through to the president's desks? Because this is just the icing on the cake for getting rid of religion in this world, specifically Christianity. And now I coupled that with the story of yesterday telling you that Christians make up the minority in the UK. That is what they want here, and they wanted it by 2030. So ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 if you are one of these people that have not gone back to church because of whatever, go back to church. Stop watching it on Facebook. Go back to church. And if you cannot help out with tithing in any way and help your church financially, be there for fellowship because that is what matters. All right? Very scary times, folks. And look at that. At the very, very end, we finally get presence graced with Ben Berkwam. He's joining in now. Ben, are you, are you there, buddy? Oh, it looks like, I don't know if he's still there. Hold on. Ben, are you there? Why well, I can't, uh, I can hear you, Ben. Okay. I don't know why you can't see me. I'm here, brother. Okay. I had you there for a minute. Um, it's nothing on my end, but I did have you there for a minute, but I can hear you. So I guess that's all that matters. All right, Ben. Uh, thank you for jumping on here at the last, uh, minute of the show, but I wanted to talk to you about what you experienced there today. Uh, with that new lawsuit um, because of Biden's dereliction of his duty. Yeah, it's what needs to happen, uh, Jeremy. This is just the beginning where where uh, people along the border are standing up. Uh, they're suing the federal government for dereliction of duty for crimes against America. And, and really what needs to happen is anybody who wants to join that, it's through the America Project. They can get information at information at americaproject.com. You can send your information if you're a rancher or property owner on the southern border and you want to join this to, to fight back against my workers uh, and, and the enemies within, you guys can join that. But again, it's just the beginning. I was down there with Tom Holman, one of the patriots that stands for America. Now I'm in Eagle Pass, Texas, where they, uh, they came to Texas to launch it as well. So this is going to be a state-by-state. State. Uh, we, the people who have standing, if anybody has standing, okay, I got you there now, brother. I got your video now. Good to see you, man. So, so this is like... I mean, if anybody has standing in a court case like this, in a lawsuit like this, it is the landowners, it's the farmers, it's the property owners, it's the ranchers, it's we the people. Is that what, the, is that what we're doing here? Is that what this company um, is, is helping people do is basically a big class action lawsuit against the resident of the United States of America? Yeah, and, and really the primary purpose of it is to force the federal government to do their job. So, and, and it's sad that we actually even have to do this. We have to go through the courts to do this. But that's where we're at right now. So the the, plan, the the lawsuit is designed to show the loss that the people have incurred because of the federal government not doing their job and ultimately uh, end up uh, finding remedy for that loss for those for those plaintiffs. But the main thing is, is to force the federal government to do their job. And if they won't, 
ultimately, this will, I, I believe, will lead to the impeachment of Secretary Marcus, impeachment of Joe Biden and taking these guys out of office. Uh, because obviously they, they have no intention of doing their job. But the goal would be to get the federal courts, uh, if not the Supreme Court, to force them to do their job and stop allowing this invasion that we see down here to happen. Ben, you said, um, so there's two facets. Of, okay, there's, there's multi-facets to this, but okay, there's the lawsuit and there's the people who are directly affected and they want to force them to do their job. So let's say that works. A lawsuit goes through, Supreme Court says, do your job. That forces them to stop allowing this mass illegal migration and it stops the bleeding. But then after that, you're saying there's another part of it is how are these people going to be, I don't know, financially compensated? How are they going to deal with the loss? And in that case, does it necessarily have to be uh, ranchers and landowners? Or can it be any citizen that maybe had somebody die of fentanyl that came across the border? I mean, I know that would be hard to trace it to say it definitely came across the border. But what about angel moms, angel dads, people that are, that are robbed, people that are raped people by illegal aliens? Could anybody sign on to this lawsuit? Or is this strictly for people with standing that have land on the border? I, just, I actually just spoke to Marianne Mendoza of uh, Angel Families about that because uh, that was her first question, too, is this is bigger than just people on the border. As far as I know, the lawsuit is particular to property owners, ranchers, people that live along the border. Uh, basically, it, it's the easiest thing to show loss. So, you got know, you got it. people coming, to, you got fences cut, you got a, 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 a direct uh, correlation between the illegal immigration and your loss. But ultimately, I think, again, this is just the beginning of what this uh, America's Project wants to do. And I think as this grows, I think we're going to see more and more lawsuits come out like you're talking about. And I believe the federal government should be sued. Uh, oh, yeah. They should have, they, they should be, I mean, really, we're, it, we would be bankrupting our country if it were, our, we're already bankrupt already at $30 trillion in debt. But the amount of, of money that people are owed from what these, it should be personally liable. Joe Biden should be personally liable. Secretary Marcus should be personally liable. Anyone any Democrat, any leftist or any rhino Republican who has supported open borders should be personally liable for the impacts. Uh, but again, this is just the beginning. So uh, the, if people want more information about it, best place to go is America Project. Uh, I believe it's dot com. Uh, the America Project dot com is either the America Project dot com or dot org. You can get more information on that. But if you want to uh, if you have questions about it, you can send your emails to info at America Project dot com. You know, I think this is this may not be the, the the primary focus of it, but I think if this goes through and you start getting thousands and thousands and thousands of people signing on to this lawsuit and say say it does go through, say it's fast tracked and they and because of its urgency, it fast tracks and say it goes towards uh, towards the plaintiffs. Right. Then I think that opens the door for the angel moms, the fentanyl, right? Because if you can show that it came directly from there, or I was, you know, my child was raped from somebody who's an illegal alien, it's pretty easy to prove. I think it opens the door up for that, don't you? Absolutely. No, this, is, this has been a long time coming. Uh, these guys should not have uh, immunity from this. They should be liable to it. And it goes back to what has, should have happened for a long time with the sanctuary policies. These criminals like Gavin Newsom, who have allowed criminal illegal aliens to rape and murder American citizens because of their policies. They should be held, they should be held not just financially liable, but uh, they, there should be punitive damages, but also criminal charges. If, if you are allowing, it's, it's like you're, you're a, 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 an accessory to a crime. If your policies allowed that crime to occur, if, we, you know, if you can prove direct causation, I think those people should be held criminally liable as well. But again, I'm not an attorney. 
All I know is anything we can do to to hold these guys accountable, to force them to do their job, and ultimately uh, force them to to be. Uh, you talk about reparations to pay back what they've caused, the harm they've caused to America in a place like this in Eagle Pass. I was just talking to Constable Bulls. We're on a slow day now. They're getting 1,500 people crossing. They're get averaging somewhere between two and 3,000 people illegally crossing in a community of 40 to 50,000 people. Wow. And this is this is unacceptable for America. It's un-American. And really, these people, it's coming right out of Washington, D.C. Yeah. No, it's sick. It's sick stuff, Ben. So you say this is AmericaProject.com, or at least that's what you think it is anyway. And if that's yeah. the case, it would be info at AmericaProject.com. If anybody yeah, has it. Okay. The email is info at AmericaProject.com. If you just Google The America Project, you'll find it. Okay. Hey, Ben, thank you for all your hard work. As always, man, I'm glad you be, you were able to jump on real quick. Um, we'll talk, and you stay safe, um, and um, we'll keep praying for you, brother, okay? God bless you, man. Love you, man. God bless Appreciate you. Love it. you, too. See you later, Ben. And I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it is dangerous down there where Ben Berkwam operates. That is his office. I am glad my office is here in New Hampshire. I would not want the same work office as he has. But every one of us have a different uh, role to play, and that is his role, and this is my role. Now, I have to get to these last two stories. I know we're late again, but... Big-time layoffs, ladies and gentlemen, at CNN have started. They have commenced. And people in uh, people in uh, CNN are not happy. I got to go to this story. I, I, I screenshot the letter. It's, it's incredible. Ready for this? All right, here we go. From Chris, La- uh, Chris Light, Licked, whatever is, however you pronounce his name, the new boss at CNN, he sent his CNN colleagues a letter today. Oh, a letter that we've all been waiting for. All the great news of Twitter, all the great news of CNN, all these people being fired, Facebook losing all this money, Meta losing all this money. Ladies and gentlemen, to my CNN colleagues, should I do it like uh, we're on v- uh, <laughs> National NPR? Our people are the heart and soul of this organization. It's incredibly hard to say goodbye to any one member of CNN, much less many. I recently described this process as a gut punch because I know that is how it feels for all of us. Today, we will... (laughs) Sorry, I've been waiting for this day. Today, we will notify a limited number of individuals, largely some of our paid contributors, as part of a recalibrated reporting strategy. Tomorrow, we will notify impacted employees, and tomorrow afternoon, I will follow up with more details on these changes. It will be difficult time for everyone. If your job has been impacted, you will learn more through an in-person meeting or via Zoom, depending on your location. In those meetings, you will receive information specific to you about notice period or any severance that might apply and your anticipated last day. (laughs) How dare you? I want to be clear that everyone who is bonus eligible will still receive their 2022 bonuses which are determined by company performance. I know these changes affect both our departing colleagues and those who remain, and we have resources designed to support you. I will include a link to those resources in a follow-up email tomorrow. Let's take care of each other this week. (laughs) Sincerely, Chris Light. (laughs) I'm not supposed to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Another 
the one bites the dust. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, I guess you really do reap what you sow. I guess you really do reap what you sow. We're going to celebrate this moment really quickly. And now we'll move on because we're not going to beat a dead horse. Oh, shh. Peter might have heard that. Anyway, last story of the day, ladies and gentlemen. I am increasingly loving Matt Gates more. I am increasingly wanting more of Matt Gates. I want Matt Gates as Speaker of the House. Ladies and gentlemen, what he did, what he did to the January 6th, January 6th, I should say, committee in his, uh, in his testimony to the January 6th committee is unmatched. It's unrivaled. And it's exactly what I want in a Speaker of the House. Can we get Matt Gates Speaker of the House? Ladies and gentlemen, Congressman Matt Gates. So the purpose of this particular action is to coerce compliance by Steve Bannon, who is the only person out there who thinks that he's above the law. I would suggest using a phrase Mr. Bannon uses quite frequently, catch the signal, not the noise. Catch the signal, not the noise. Okay. And you started look, off by saying that uh, <laughs> I didn't know Steve Bannon had a podcast. Yes, you You've did. been on Steve Bannon's podcast three different times. I, um, way did, more than three. Uh, okay. At least three times that I could find just by Googling <laughs> here. So do you accept that Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election? Mr. President, I object to the votes uh, from South Carolina. Mr. President, I object on behalf of the millions of Americans, including members of the intelligence community. Mr. President, I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not should not be legally sec- no certified. Debate. The Russian and the, the, join me in this letter of no objection. Debate. No, uh, I have an objection by electors not well, lawfully certified. That. Do you accept that he won the, the election by more than 7 million votes and defeated Donald Trump? So I think that this was the first time in America's history where the mailbox beat the okay, ballot. Okay, do you box. think there's any evidence and where is that evidence? I believe that had mail, mail ballots not been sent to people who had not requested them, that Donald Trump would be sitting behind the resolute desk. Okay, well, let's put it this way. Do you agree that 61 different federal and state courts have rejected every claim of electoral well, corruption I, I just, or fraud that have been yeah. advanced? Do you I, agree with that? I, I don't, and the reason is those claims are not evaluated because in many of the circumstances you referenced, jurisdiction was the principal question. So I think it requires a review of the procedure. Do you have process. any case authority in the land where a court has determined that there was electoral corruption or electoral fraud that materially uh, affected the outcome of the election in any state in the no, union. No, no, Do you have which, one? Which I believe is a real failure of the judiciary. I think our, the Article Three courts failed our country by not exercising more jurisdiction over those questions. Now, there's a difference in whether or not fraud existed and whether or not there's an adequate remedy. And I think also a number of those cases were kicked on. Right. No court has said really that fraud existed, and so there's no remedy because there's no violation, right, Mr. Gates. Right, but you can't. There's no violation. There's no fraud. That there was okay. no fraud if they didn't take oh, up the question and the facts okay. on jurisdiction or the, remedy. You know what? That might work on Steve Bannon's podcast, but that's not going to work in the Rules Committee of the United States. I'm sorry, Mr. Gates. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. (laughs) Let's say that the exact same attack had taken place, but let's say it wasn't the Proud Boys. Let's say it was Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Would you really not want an investigation into what happened with that attack on America? If Al-Qaeda or ISIS attacked the U.S. Capitol, I would think that the least capable institution to bring them to justice would be this January 6th committee. You would not want, I would far prefer the legal process to play out or the military process to play out. If the American people had to rely on the Congress itself as an institution to protect us from ISIS without law enforcement, without the military, we would be in deep, deep trouble. 
boom, ladies and gentlemen, Congressman Matt Gates shutting down little Jamie Raskin, little election denier, Jamie Raskin, putting him in his place. Jamie couldn't handle it. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And Matt sat there like this. I would much rather have, you know, an actual legal proceeding take place, you know, in a court of law or the military tribunals or something like that. Definitely not the January 6th committee. (laughs) You got to love it. You got to love it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for Live from America tonight. I hope you had a good time here tonight. I had a good time here tonight. I know we're late, but I know you guys don't care. Eli cares because he's got to get home. I'm sure he's got some good food to eat uh, from his lovely wife who makes some great dinners. Maybe maybe he can uh, share some of his great dinners with us, you know, uh, since he always has something amazing to go home to. Every single night. Well, I do too. I have kids and wife, but he's always got some elaborate. Oh, she's cooked this. She's cooked that. She's cooked this. So we got to let Eli out of here. Anyway, I want to thank you all for donating through the Rumble Rants for Eli's salary. I love each and every one of you. We'll see you tomorrow morning, as always, here on LFA TV. Remember, there are right ways. There are wrong ways. But there is only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Keep your families close. Keep a smile on that face. And keep spreading that gospel. Because it's all we got. I love each and every one of you. Peace.